Yanmar trying to get it towards the empty net. He dives. He scores. Hat trick. Game seven. Yanmar. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. And he comes, fakes. He scores. Mark Stone, shorthanded goal. Took the goal off its pegs, lost his stick, but more room to pump his fist. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. This is a big day in the hockey calendar for the VGK. The prospect tournament starting up in Arizona this evening, Healy River Arena. The Vegas Golden Knights' uh, top prospects, rookies, and the guys from the last couple of drafts uh, are all assembled under the tutelage of Manny Vibros, head coach of the Henderson Silver Knights. And the Vegas Golden Knights will face the Arizona Coyotes in the uh, opening game of the uh, rookie tournament in Arizona in Glendale. And we will chat with Brian McCormick in just a little bit. He's on the bus uh, heading over to the rink. The voice of the Henderson Silver Knights will be calling all the action on Fox Sports Las Vegas tonight at 7.30. So tune in to that. Uh, I thought I'd push him back a little bit just because him talking about the game on the bus with all the prospects listening in (laughs) and they're already nervous and he's probably self-conscious. We wouldn't get as much out of him uh, as we will when we get him off the bus and we get to fire all our tough questions uh, to him. So that's uh, that's the start of it. We, We get going tonight with games and then a week from... Yesterday is the start of main camp, and we get into all those uh, uh, preseason games. And we have tickets to give away. We'll give away tickets uh, later on in hour number two of the VGK Insider Show. Darren Millardle, Ryan Wallace, and Chris Chapman here in the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio. Uh, this is the top five at five. A number three position. The topic is biggest story in the National Hockey League, biggest story for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, let's start with the National Hockey League first. Ryan. Okay. So uh, I think the biggest story, the third biggest story in the NHL going into this season is Jack Eichel. Will he still be a Buffalo Sabre by the end of the year? Will he play or have to play in order for the Buffalo Sabres to trade him? What is going to happen with Jack Eichel? You know, they had a meeting a couple of weeks ago, and there's been a lot of meetings about Jack Eichel involving the Buffalo Sabres. A lot of meetings involving agents, coaches, and management, and ownership. But there was a meeting a couple of weeks ago, which gives you an idea of just where this situation is at the moment. And Jack Eichel uh, has a bulging disc in his in his neck. He wants to have disc replacement surgery. Uh, the uh, Buffalo Sabres want the traditional procedure and then rehab. Mm-hmm. The problem with the disc replacement surgery is, in the eyes of the Buffalo Sabres, it's never been performed on an active hockey player before. Uh, I don't know who it's been performed on, to be quite honest, whether it's yeah. ever been performed on a football player or a tennis player, any type of athlete. But the only thing I've ever heard is it's never been performed on an active hockey player. Uh, so they're hesitant to go down this road. The player and his representation both former and now because he switched agents and signed on with uh, Pat Brisson, want him to have the disc replacement surgery. So there was a meeting two weeks ago Mm -hmm. involving the Buffalo Sabres, 
the National Hockey League hmm. and the National Hockey League Players Association. They all came together to try wow. and find some common ground on just where, like, where are we here? And why is this so contentious? And how do we solve it? It, it ended with no real direction. The Buffalo Sabres still want the player. They still want the player to have the procedure that their doctors feel is the right course of action. And they still control his playing rights mm -hmm. because they have him under contract. The National Hockey League Players Association would like him to be moved, they, that they look out for, uh, for the player. And the National mm -hmm. Hockey League is probably like 90 10 on if you're looking at where they lie in the, this whole thing, they they've got a star player who they'd like to be back on the ice and not be talked about every day uh, as uh, a malcontent or being in limbo and, and not on the ice. Uh, but they also represent the uh, the owner and and the the franchise, and so that ninety percent uh, falls in favor of uh, of the Buffalo Sabers and what their wishes are. But that's like there was an actual meeting between those three parties to try and figure out where to go and how to <laughs> take that next step. That's that's where it got to. And there hasn't been a lot of those meetings over the course of time in the National Hockey League. I mean, that's, that's fascinating, but... Uh... Again, it's kind of just indicative of, in in my opinion, um, not moving Eichel when it made the most sense. And I understand. When was that? Do. I do. I, I understand why Kevin Adams wanted to try to get as much as he could. But for me, if you're understanding the situation, if you're looking at it as a player that's just simply not going to and does not want to play for you and wants to have the surgery and wants to be able to have an opportunity to get back to where he was, um, y you had an opportunity before the draft to do this, and you didn't do it, and now you're just kind of in this weird limbo where I don't think there's going to be any teams that are going to take a flyer or a chance on Jack Eichel until they know for sure that he's going to be healthy, and I don't know how the Sabres can do that without finding a, a resolution to whether or not Eichel gets surgery. The interesting thing will be is, does Jack Eichel really want to be traded? Or does Jack Eichel really want to be traded and have the disc replacement surgery? Hmm. Now, what are you talking about, Millard? I'm answering, I'm having a conversation with myself about it now, by the way. Uh, my answer to that, Millard, is... Is he using the disc replacement surgery as a roadblock with the Buffalo Sabres to force mm. the trade beyond just, hey, I want to be traded and this is going to get me out of town because there's no getting through this? So if he's traded to Arizona, does he automatic does he does he stick to his guns with the disc replacement surgery? Is it that steadfast? Or does he go, I'll give it a shot? I'll do the other thing. Why I mean, not? that'd be interesting. I, yeah. I I tend to believe that this is this is more a matter of wanting to make sure that you get back to a baseline as yeah. a player. Like I, I think for me, like I, I look at this as Jack Eichel saying, "I trust and I know my body, 
better than anybody else. This is what I believe is going to get me back to being the guy that I want to be, the hockey player that I want to be. I think it's more to do with wanting to get the surgery than it is just wanting to get traded. I, I do believe he wants to get traded. I don't think he wants to be a Buffalo Sabre anymore, but I think that it's more about getting the ability and the right to do to his body what he wants to do to it before anything else. I agree with you. I, I, do, I do. But it, it's crossed my mind wondering if, if one is just a route to get out of town by using the other and, and to go down that path. Now, where do you think... Jack's value is now compared to the draft. You think the best time to trade him would have been in and around free agency or the National Hockey League draft. Now that we're a couple months later, is it it down by 10%, 40%? Where do you think it is? Well, I I think it's... (laughs) It's hard to say. Like, I just, I don't think that there's any value there right now. Like, outside of it being Jack Eichel, you just don't really know what you're getting if you make a trade for him, right? Like, at least over the court, like, at least you go back to the draft and you, you maybe, you know, make a decision, you, you pull the trigger on a trade, then you, you get to a point where you, you have control over the surgery. You have control over the timeline of recovery for Jack Eichel. You know whether or not you're going to have him available to you to start the year or if you're going to be you know, a couple of weeks or, or maybe a couple of months before you get Eichel into your, into your roster. So right now, I, I, just, I don't think that the, the value is there for teams that are kind of on the fence because you just don't know what you're going to get. I think at this point, the surgery has to happen and you have to see Eichel play before you make a trade for him. I, that's like if, if I'm if I'm a team that is interested in Jack Eichel, I want to know that he is healthy. I want to know that it's possible for him to be the player that he used to be. And and I don't think I part with any of my high end prospects until I know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough to trade a a seventh round pick that's or a conditional seventh round pick that turns into a first-round pick if he plays enough games for you. I don't think I've ever heard that one before. I've heard, like, <laughs> a third-round pick turn into a second uh, if he resigns with the team or something along that line. But uh, the picture that you paint is you are conf- conflicted with, is he going to be anywhere close to the same player that he was? And uh, if he's not, why would I part with any, any asset? At all, but if he is, yeah. then he's got got real value. So this this situation where we are at now takes you to a position where it's based on your scenario. Mm-hmm. He may not be moved, right? Yeah, I mean, and that's a very real possibility, and I think it's one that Jack Eichel's. Uh, camp has to kind of wrap their head around because as as much as he may not want to return to the Buffalo Sabres, as much as he may not want to play, the best and quickest avenue for him to get to a destination he does want to play might be to ha- might be to play for the Buffalo Sabres. Like as 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 kind of backwards as that sounds, that might be his best play here. The next step is in a week. Yeah. Medicals come, training camp starts. Does he pass his medical? Uh, 
if if not, and I don't think he does because mm-hmm. of this this issue, uh, yep. they have to decide on a course of action, a course of treatment. Because because now you're into the formal part of the season, uh, sure. you you can accelerate the uh, urgency uh, along. If it doesn't, uh, if he doesn't pass his medical and they choose uh, a course of action, then we're down a path towards returning. If he decides not to get the surgery that the Sabers agree to, mm-hmm. then he can be suspended, I believe. Because he he doesn't want to uh, go along with the club's actions, so if he's suspended, then you lose, then you lose thirty six grand a day, thirty six grand a day. That's half as much as Chapman makes <laughs> in four years. Yeah, pretty accurate. Yeah. Uh, so they, there's there's ramifications in a week's time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I feel like everything now over the course of the summer in terms of keeping our eyes on Jack Eichel, what's going to happen with the Buffalo Sabres, it all kind of culminates next week. We all, yeah. I, I think, have Thank kind goodness. of an understanding of, of where it's going to go. And, you know, it, it's it's crazy to think that Jack Eichel could be suspended because he, as an athlete, wants to have a surgery that he himself cannot have. Like, it, like that kind of blows me away a little bit. Because you're not in control of your body. Yes. Yeah. I. It just it that that fundamentally to me seems like it's it should be a right for Jack Eichel to go out there and have that surgery. There's if he the, feels that strongly. That that that's overly simplistic. Sure. Way too simplistic. To, to say, can you imagine if every athlete had control over every treatment? I mean, I, it'd be a gong show. I, I do feel like there needs to be some some type of, of understanding that every single time these athletes go out there on the ice, they are putting their bodies into these, these dangerous situations. And yes, they risks i understand that but if it comes to a point where they need a treatment or they need to fix something to be a better athlete or to be better for for where they are in 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 their stage of their career i do believe that it should be their choice on what they do and how they treat their bodies i know for a fact other organizations are watching this going um uh don't give in buffalo I, i know uh that 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 has occurred because the precedent that it would that it was said mm-hmm. uh, around like th- there's just no way a team's going to give in if they feel it's the right course of action. They've got too much money tied up too much invested in this player to do, do that. You, do you feel like we might be heading towards some type of arbitration here where, where you get an, an independent party no. to no, okay. no, I don't, I, I don't think we go there. I think I think yeah. the Buffalo Sabers will ask him to to get the procedure that they want him to get, mm-hmm. and and if he refuses, they'll approach the the league and say we want to suspend the player. Wow! And and then the player who has a ten million dollar contract potentially loses ten million dollars, thirty six grand a day. Well, does that cause you to to go down a uh, different course of action? Does that 
change your philosophy on on the traditional surgery. Uh, they think there's there's uh, principles, sure, and then there's cash. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm you're, very you're not principle. Wrong. I'm very principle uh, based until it comes to cash. <laughs> Sounds and, about right for you. <laughs> and then I, then I lose <laughs> all loyalty. Well, I mean, there there are some things you can't do or you yeah. won't do for yes. for a price, and I I've, I've yeah. come to understand a couple of those. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I just again I, I I look at it, and yes, overly simplistic for sure. But I just I feel like the athlete should have have a decision and and have mm-hmm. a choice in what they do to their well, that, body. That, that, and that's where the relationship with the team comes into play too. Right. But the, the, there is no relationship with the team. And that's 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 a huge part of the problem mm-hmm. here because maybe they're uh, like, this is one of the biggest fractures I think in, in terms of their relationship is what the course of action was going to be surrounding Eichel and, and mm-hmm. his treatment for this, for this injury. And, you know, it, you get to a point where it, it, there's just no trust here anymore. It goes back to, to the night of the draft lottery uh, in Toronto mm. that, uh, that I was part of. When Edmonton won the first overall pick and Buffalo was second. And uh-huh. Tim Murray, the general manager of the time with the Buffalo Sabres, was so ticked off that Edmonton had won the first overall pick and that he had been <laughs> left for second and threw out all kinds of comments uh, oh, that I, I believe behind the scenes may have cost him a dollar or two and yeah. and just offered his sincere and vehement disappointment. And Jack Eichel watched all of this going, um, I'm pretty good over here. Like, yeah, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> uh, so it kind of set the whole stage uh, for the relationship. That's the uh, third biggest story in the National Hockey League this year, Jack Eichel. And it might be the story throughout the year, not just yeah. for uh, the beginning of the campaign. What's uh, the third biggest story when it comes to the Vegas Golden Knights? So for me going into this season, it's going to be about Shea Theodore. And, and it's, it, it feels like the, Shea Theodore has kind of been the story and for the Golden Knights over the last couple of years because you see these glimpses, you see these stretches within the regular season where Shea Theodore just kind of takes his game to another level. And he's able to have 15, 20, 25 games stretches where he's just very, very good and incredibly dominant. And we all kind of looked at Theodore going into that 56-game schedule last year as saying, okay, this might be the year where he announces himself as a defenseman that's seriously, seriously in the running for the Norris Trophy. I look at this year as kind of being that year where if it's going to happen, now is the time that it has to happen for Shea Theodore. I'm curious to see what another gear, another step, another layer looks like in Shea Theodore's game. The last two halves of the season, both in year two and year three, Mm -hmm. Shea Theodore had stretches where he was the best defenseman in the game. Yeah, uh, the back half of year two, he was so good. And the back half uh, of of year three and then into the bubble, he was outstanding. Uh, last year, he uh, he didn't have one of those big stretches. He was good, but didn't yeah. have one of those big stretches. Uh, I think we, we see that return this year. 
If you look at the linear progression of of Shea Theodore from when he joined the Golden Knights to now, and you see where he started and where he is now, you'd be really happy with where he is. There's, there's no doubt. But there's been yeah. parts of his game uh, and the acceleration of his of his abilities that shows you that there's more there. And mm-hmm. if he's going to get to the Norris Trophy range that we all think he can get to, uh, uh, I think that uh, that that has to sort of get get going on the the main track where he he gets there at the start of the year, stays there for the middle part of the season, and really puts himself into a conversation about winning a Norris Trophy for best defenseman. Now, that's going to be a, a challenge because he's playing with one of the best on his own team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, and and I also think that there was a, a settling in between those two mm-hmm, on, on yeah. this team and ice time and power play and out al- like who's the alpha and you don't necessarily have to be the alpha, but you have to find your role uh, and, and where you fit. And I think, I think we see a different Shea Theodore or a, a, a better Shea Theodore this year. Uh, than, than we saw last year, more to what we witnessed in the bubble. Yeah, Shea Theodore, the last two seasons, has finished sixth in Norris voting. And, and I just, you know, in terms of where I'm, I'm hoping he goes, and it's really starting that season and, and starting it the right way, right? Making sure that everything's kind of clicking on all cylinders. I'm expecting or, or thinking that it's it's possible. Maybe we see... Shea Theodore back with Alec Martinez, though it's hard to kind of go away from Petrangelo and Alec Martinez. I'm curious to see if maybe you you move Zach Whitecloud up to play with Shea Theodore just to give yourself a different look, maybe in preseason to see if there's something there. But for me, I think offensively, he's he's been on that steady trajectory mm-hmm. up and up and up. And even though uh, it was less points last season, it comes in a very shortened 53 games, 42 points in 53 games. Like the numbers for where you kind of need to be for a defenseman offensively are in his wheelhouse. He just needs to have a solid and strong 82 game campaign in which there aren't stretches where he's not that dominant defenseman. So you say he's sixth the last two years in Norris Trophy yep. voting? Yep. So he's right there. He's right there. He's right, right on the there. outside. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and here's here's the other thing. 12 games on national television this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that's massive because it exposes you to all those voters on the other side of the country. And mm-hmm. you, you had those games and that opportunity. You put up uh, a few. It's the same thing we talked about with, with Mark Andre and, and, and Mark Stone with the Selkie. Yeah. The, the exposure that you get from those national games drives a lot of that voting. Because uh, the commentators that are doing the games have say and sway, and the commentators that have votes are watching the games because there's only a handful of games on those Nashville national television nights. Uh, yeah. So that is a big boost to uh, Norris Trophy uh, voting. Hey, I'd like to see a bit of snarl in his game. Uh, just a, yeah. and I don't know whether that's yeah. his his personality. I I love the smile, like I do. I think he's <laughs> he's so much fun to talk to, and 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 spend some time with, and it's he's mm-hmm. engaging. I, I I wouldn't change anything about Shea Theodore, other than 
a little bit of snarl during the game wouldn't be a bad thing. But again, I'm a grumpy old traditionalist. Crotchety. Yeah, you certainly are. Crotchety old traditionalist. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know that I need snarl from Shea Theodore. I I will gladly take the smooth skating, the stretch passes, and the the quarterbacking of the power play. Like I'll take those things. And mm-hmm. you know, if you want to throw add, like a hip I want to sprinkle it. Just sprinkle it in. <laughs> throw a throw a hip check here and there. I'm okay with that. You know, I like Chandler Stevenson with that hit. Cost mm-hmm. him three games. Yeah. I was surprised it was three games. Cost him three games. Came back like a True. rocket ship, uh, as Max Pacioretty called him. And yep. uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind Shea Theodore doing something that cost him a couple of games, like just just a well, bit of snarl, it, just put a little bit of back in their mind. It, it opens up a little bit of space for you, yeah. right? Like you know, Chandler Stevenson, you, you throw that hit, and you know, you, you don't like the the suspension, but. There are players that are going to take notice of that, and they're not going to push you around, or they're going to think twice about certain things. It buys you a little bit of time and a little bit of extra space on the ice. I think it would. Uh, I think it would with Shea Theodore. Not not huge. Just just makes mm-hmm. you makes the uh, the team uh, think a little bit. Uh, Brian McCormick is approaching his destination. We have one timers coming up. A uh, big trip awarded to the VGK Insider Show, providing that everybody can get their documents in order. It's the VGK Insider Show coming up next. One-timers on Fox Sports Las Vegas. On to the near wing. Big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. Vegas Golden Knights have announced plans for uh, 1 October. A blood donor drive, blood donor clinic, uh, will be held just outside City National Arena from 8 a.m. until 5 o'clock. Uh, some players uh, will be in and around, of course, uh, getting ready for uh, the season. But uh, do your part and uh, show up at City National Arena, and we will uh, be able to uh, give back in uh, in a big way. And uh, that's something that uh, a lot of us, whether you have before or you, you haven't and you've thought of it, uh, this is a great opportunity uh, in conjunction with the Vegas Golden Knights. So that's uh, outside City National Arena, 8 o'clock to 5 o'clock on uh, October 1st, uh, a blood donor drive for uh, in and around the events of uh, remembering October 1. We have uh, news regarding the National Hockey League draft for 2022. Now, this goes back a couple of years. There's been a couple of virtual drafts, but in 2020 year of the pandemic the draft was supposed to be held in montreal wasn't Mm -hmm. this year there's no draft held in a a single city done virtually the national hockey league feeling confident looking ahead it's going to be held back in montreal so montreal does get the draft however it's going to be in in july july 8th and 9th and uh, it will be a thursday and a friday so we the other day we speculated whether or not they would do the whole thing in one day again, mm-hmm. which is not unprecedented, but now we look at it and go, how are they ever going to do that? Um, the Thursday night will be the first round in prime time, and then the Friday uh, will be the rounds second through seven. So that's uh, that's good news. So we, you've been to a draft before, Chapman? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wallace, has. you have not been to a draft? I have not been to a draft. So you haven't even been to a draft when it's in the states when you don't need a passport. Like, I haven't been sent 
I have been on the we'll air. We'll drive over to Dallas. It was in Dallas a couple of years ago. Okay, that's fair. Uh, let's get you to Montreal. Okay. Get a, we'll get let's some smoked it. meat, a couple of cold mm-hmm. beers on Crescent Street. We'll right. tour old Montreal. We'll get a chencho. And what, what, what is Yeah, what is what's that? It's a hot dog. Ah. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. And, right, and, and we'll do it upright. What do you Listen, say? I, BGK Insider would... Show on location. In Montreal. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm 1,000% in to go to Montreal. Um, it'll be tough to spend that much time with you, but like I'm, I'm in it for Montreal for sure. And I'm talking early July. Spectacular yeah. in Montreal. We'll go up to the mountain. Okay. Uh, Okay. Are you in? Yeah, I'm in. Okay. Yeah, what in. what what it's going to take here is you applying for a passport. Sure. When will that process start? I mean, it could start tomorrow. Oh, I know I it could. It could start tonight if you wanted. But when is it I'm actually going to start? Listen, it's it's Friday, Darren. It's Friday. It's the it's the weekend. It's not going to start for me to, tonight. I'm telling you that right now. Uh, but I'll, I'll I'll look at what I've got to do tomorrow morning. Don't text me. Don't call me. Don't ask me. But I'm gonna look into it. When was the last time I called you? Like three days ago. Did I? Oh, I did too. Yeah. You Damn did? it! I did. Oh, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> uh, darn it! I did too. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't phone a lot of people, so I thought yeah, for sure I was I in uh, in the good on that. Uh, Montreal. Have you been to Montreal, Chapman? No, no. Bucket list place, but I have not been. Mm, we'll get you a bucket bucket of beers. I've had. Oh, I like that idea. I've done a draft in Montreal, and I've covered a lot of uh, series in Montreal. It's an awesome place to visit. It's an awesome place to hang out in. But a draft is a special, cool place because you can the Crescent Street, uh, the different uh, restaurants, high high end restaurants. Uh, and and everywhere you go, it's National Hockey League people. It's mm. like the best of my world. Great city, great culture, great food, and hockey. Okay, I'm sold. Okay. I'm in. Yeah, that's that's definitely a, a, a ton of fun. Like the idea of of going to Montreal to cover a draft would be. It's it's. I mean, like I said, Montreal's a bucket list city. But covering a draft in Montreal would be a bucket list. What career. if one of us has to stay back? Well, it'd probably be me. Do we have a vote on who has to stay back? No. Well, but I mean, I, I would. Vote, I would volunteer is, to stay back so Wallace could. No, go. no, 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 no. Listen, the vote is who would who has to be the guy in the studio that runs the show, right? Like, well, we have I other people who and, can do that. No, come on, Chapman. <laughs> I mean, you guys have already said Jared does a better job than I do, so. We didn't say that uh, in front of you. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's implied. It's it's heavily implied, Chapman. But never we would never say it in say front it. of you. No, no, only only behind my back, which makes it hurt even we, more. We wouldn't confirm it to your face. Come on, I, I hate you guys. Oh, come on, it's tough love. Now, I I would volunteer to stay back. A because Ryan has never been to a draft. B he has never left the United States. I, I have had the opportunity to, to cover a draft. I've been to Vancouver for the draft. So if one of us has to stay, it would be me. Well, I would, I would... I'm, I'm going to throw it out there right now. I need to see a higher level in performance. 
Okay. okay. So I need you to raise the level of your game. Yeah. I need Wallace to raise the level of his game and actually apply for a passport. Yeah, that's the important thing, Ryan. Um, so it's really just applying for the passport. Yes. I get it. But that's actually like showing some initiative. And I will be coming from PEI, so I, I, it'll, it'll be no problem for me. Maybe I'll come visit you in PEI No, you first. won't be coming to visit me. Not a <laughs> chance. You know what? You know Not what? A I chance. think if you get the I think passport, all three of us Ryan, need to go yes, now. Yes, I think I, so. Yeah, I think yeah. all three of us need to go. What would what would because Mrs. I, Millard think if me and Ryan showed up at the cottage <laughs> in PEI? There is no way because your Porsche. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a yeah. little little. Uh, all we got to do is look for the '98 Porsche Boxster exactly, in the driveway, exactly. and we're good. The great good part stuff. about living in a small town and a and a mm-hmm. small place is everybody knows your business and they will know i will i will be told of somebody coming down the lane before i ever get sight of you i think we'll we'll just set up shop in the she shed that you said you have she shed yeah don't you have like a shed or something in the yard no way i have a bunkie oh yeah yeah so so me and wallace could set up shop there what's a she shed You could Google it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Chapman, we're just going to sneak in in the middle of the night. It's not going to be a big thing. He's not going to know that we're coming. God, I hope the tide's in. Does PEI have a different zip code like Newfoundland or a different time zone than like Newfoundland? <laughs> yes. They do? Cool. Uh, yes. <laughs> Half hour. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, small one-timers today because I want to get in uh, Brian McCormick uh, if we can as he gets uh, into his game mode as the Vegas Golden Knights uh, hook up with the Arizona Coyotes in the prospect game. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Well, we've got some live hockey coming your way tonight. Prospect tournament over in Arizona. The Vegas Golden Knights taking on the Coyotes. And then on Sunday, it's the San Jose Sharks. And Monday, 11 a.m., uh, the Golden Knights will take on the Los Angeles Kings. Tonight's game and Monday's game, both on Fox Sports Las Vegas. And calling the action is the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights, Brian McCormick. I've I've been pumping your tires that you're coming on the show for two flipping hours. And you join us for the last eight minutes. All because uh, you were on a I'm bus. I'm trying to build suspense for you, Darren. Okay. So how long is the bus ride from the hotel? 45 minutes? It was about 45 minutes. Yeah, maybe a, a hair under that. So lots of scenery. And, and this building, I've never been here before. I've heard about it, but I've never been here. It's right next door to the uh, the football stadium, which is about seven times the size. But nice little ride in. Everyone had their head, uh, headphones in getting ready for game action. So nice to be back in that setting again. Oh, so you could have done the interview because everybody was listening to their various podcasts or their tunes. Because you didn't want to do the interview, and I didn't want you to do the interview really on the bus with everybody uh, milling around trying to get a... Uh, uh, because right now it's prospects, and you're the media guy, and everybody thinks you know everything. And they right. would have been listening in to, to figure out, what's McCormick saying about me? Well, they have their earbuds, and I assume they're listening to you. All the more reason. <laughs> yeah, that's what they were doing. They all have the VGK Insider Show streaming it. Uh, what, are you, what are you expecting tonight? Uh, who's going to go, and uh, what's the lineup look for the first game of the year for the uh, organization? Yeah, so you know, it's going to be a, a bit of a, uh, a mix. I, I think we're going to see more of the, uh, the younger kids and more of the new draft picks uh, than the, uh, the Silver Knights uh, alumni from last year. It'll be a mix of both. I think we'll see more of the, the younger kids and, and the new faces. And 
uh, talking to Maine Viveros earlier today. They were talking a little bit power play, penalty kill, you know, just getting everyone a little bit acclimated. These guys haven't played together before, so just a little bit of X's and O's to, to make sure that things are moving in the right direction. Uh, but one thing Maine Viveros said was, you know, don't worry, everyone, we're going to get a good look at everybody. That's going to be one of the fun things for the coaching staff, really, is there's going to be a lot of mixing, a lot of jumbling, and it's really just to get as many looks at everybody in every situation. So, uh, you know, VGK fans who are tuning in, if not tonight, then definitely over the next three or four days, you know, you're going to get a look at absolutely everybody and pretty much in every situation, I think. Brian McCormick joining us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, the VGK prospects taking on the Coyotes tonight. Yeah, as you as you travel, Brian, and you're you're getting ready to look at and watch and call two of these three games. Like, who are you most intrigued by or most interested in over the course of this weekend? You know, I'm excited to see uh, you know Zach Dean. I, I want to see him uh, in in person with my own eyes. That's you know, I'm excited like any other fan would be to to see uh, the the new prospects. Uh, of course, Peyton Krebs fans are going to be very excited about him. Uh, and, and where he could land this year, obviously. If he has a tremendous camp, I'm sure he's, he's capable of playing himself into a role with the big club, or maybe he goes to Henderson and would have a starring role there. So, you know, this is just this is the appetizer for what's going to be a few weeks of, of really important camps. This is the first glimpse we get. So, you know, I'm excited for those, and, and I'm kind of excited to see uh, two of the prospects, two of the, the fourth-rounders from this past draft, uh, Jacob Brabinek and uh, Jacob Demick. Uh, one of them is Czech. Brabinek is from the Czech Republic, and Demick is Slovakian, and they're drafted close together. They've been pretty much hip-to-hip throughout the, the rookie camp. Whenever I've seen one, I've seen the other. Um, and those are two players that when I talked to Bob Lowe's, he said, you know, they kind of revealed themselves to the scouting staff when they were going through tape last spring, and they just had two, two guys who, who kind of put themselves on the radar. Uh, so I, I'm excited to see what they can do uh, as, as we get a look at them in front of us, because uh, those are two guys that uh, – you know, play, played themselves up the uh, up the depth chart and up the up, up the draft rankings last year. So uh, excited to see what they do. Will Lucas Cormier play tonight? Lucas Cormier is expected to play tonight. Yes, he is. So there's a guy that I I because the games are going to be streamed as well. Uh, all yep. three games will be streamed, so we'll be able to take in uh, some of that. I just watched your interview with Manny Viveros uh, on the VGK Twitter account, so I get an idea of uh, of what's coming on that. So you've been—I know you've been busy uh, doing that. <laughs> you prioritize that over, over coming on our show. Uh, but uh, but Lucas Cormier, uh, if he plays two games, if he plays three games, uh, is a player that we got to hear about because he was drafted during that pandemic draft, that virtual draft, and then uh, how he found out about the draft uh, and being selected and then went out and just had an all-world season in Charlottetown. Just a tremendous year. He put great offensive numbers. And, you know, this is the, this is the, new, NHL, the new NHL, the new AHL, the, the new pro game. He's, he's not a big guy. He's, he's under six foot, at least that's where he was listed when I saw uh, but he's a great skater and has great instincts with the puck, and, and I'm curious to see what he can do in an up-tempo uh, system, an up-tempo attitude that the VGK have with their back end. I'll tell you another defenseman that I'm kind of curious about, just to see again with my own eyes, he was a sixth-rounder this past summer, uh, Arthur Cholach, uh, just because he played last year in the Ukraine, uh, and before that was one of those uh, Europeans who came over to North America early. He was actually playing, I, I believe it was midget in New Jersey, before going to the Ukraine and then getting picked, but this is... Six foot four, two hundred pound, eighteen year old kid uh, that has a lot of raw skills. So again, some of these guys you're you're excited to see what it means for them in the next couple of weeks. Some of the guys you're excited to see what it means for them in the next couple of years. But Cholach is one of those guys you look at on paper is like, okay, this is a big body at a young age uh, that uh, was the number three overall pick in the 
OHL draft to, to come over for uh, the Barry Colts. So, again, there's just a lot of intriguing storylines. This is one of those weekends where what you don't know about players kind of makes it exciting. It's, uh, we're all going to absorb a lot this weekend. And Brian McCormick chatting with us on the VGK Insider Show, the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights. He'll be calling all three games, two of them on Fox Sports Las Vegas, as the VGK uh, prospects take on the Arizona Coyotes tonight. You know, Brian, you obviously got to see a lot of Jack Dugan last year with the Henderson Silver Knights. In terms mm-hmm. of, of kind of this showing, this camp, and, and leading into the main camp, what are you what are you looking for, for Jack to, to be able to do to kind of set himself on a course to maybe take advantage of an opportunity and, and show well for the Vegas Golden Knights? I, th- I think, you know, we've heard the coaching staff on the Silver Knights side say it really organization-wide. He's a great playmaker. He does a lot of great things offensively. The next step is, okay, can he develop a, a more trustworthy 200-foot game, the defensive awareness, the decision-making away from the puck? Uh, you know, this is one of those weekends. He is one of the elder statesmen on this rookie camp team. So one of the most important things for this weekend, I think, and, and many of you girls kind of confirmed it, you know, there's only so many X's and O's you're going to get in in a three-game, four-game weekend where after this half the team goes back to junior anyway. The important thing is instilling those cultural seeds that are going to blossom over time. So this is a weekend where Jack Dugan can have a, a leadership role. Of course, his offensive ability and his impact on the lineup is, is, uh, is well known. And can he you know, have that 200-foot defensive presence to be a responsible option perhaps someday for Pete DeBoer? So that, that's the opportunity for this weekend. Full 200-foot game uh, and showing the, uh, the leadership skills and the maturity that come with, with age and with years. And now he's got uh, his second pro season and he's one of the older guys. Uh, that's something he should be able to uh, to portray. You are uh, on the air in just a little bit, so we will let you go find find your spot in Gila River Arena. And but uh, I do want you to pick uh, the n- caller number. We're going to give away tickets to the first uh, preseason game for the Vegas Golden Knights against the San Jose Sharks on September 26th. So caller number what will win the tickets? You know what? Caden Korzak's in the lineup tonight. I'm excited to see him do let's, uh, him as well. Let's do caller number six. Caller number six. There we go. Uh, have a great call, buddy. Uh, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you fitting us in, uh, and I mean that. And uh, have a great weekend getting back at it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. 702-876-1340. 702-876-1340. Caller number six. We've got a couple of tickets for you to the first preseason game for the Vegas Golden Knights next Sunday. Not this Sunday. Next Sunday, the 26th. Uh, Ryan, uh, great week. Fun week. Enjoy your weekend, man. Last last weekend before you get at it. Uh, so enjoy the streams on Fox Sports Las Vegas uh, Friday night, uh, tonight, and uh, Monday morning. And, uh, and we'll chat again on Monday afternoon, pal. It'll be fun. I can't wait. We got hockey <laughs> coming your way. Uh, for Mr. Chapman, Mr. Wallace, I'm Darren Millard. Be safe, everybody.